SBS Radio. Survivors of the Stone Generation concerned Victoria's redress scheme is re-traumatizing people. The federal government's workplace laws passed the lower house. And Russian President Vladimir Putin pulls out of the G20 talks in Indonesia. Operational leaders say there are big problems with the way Victoria's stolen generation's redress scheme is operating, claiming it is re-traumatizing people. The scheme was launched seven months ago and provides eligible people an apology and a $100,000 payment. About 1,200 people in Victoria who are eligible for the scheme are eligible for the scheme, but as of October, there had only been 489 applicants with 117 payments issued, well behind other jurisdictions with similar schemes. Muriel Bumlet is CEO of the Victorian Aboriginal Child Care Agency, which runs the link-up service reconnecting Aboriginal family members who are separated through child removal policies. She says she has heard firsthand how people have encountered difficulties with getting the help they need. It's quite mean-spirited in the way that it's being operated. If it's just about ticking a box and filling out forms, then not understanding what our Aboriginal people have lost throughout this process. I think we're not only grieving the fact that, you know, lost um, family, lost connection to culture, lost community, but, you know, the isolation... In a statement, Attorney General Jacqueline Symes acknowledged that the process could be difficult for survivors and urged them to contact the Department of Community Justice and Safety if they need help with their applications. The Victorian government says it's monitoring the scheme and is considering if more resources are needed. An Indigenous man has died in custody at a police watch house after his arrest in a First Nations community in far north Queensland. The 51-year-old man was arrested over domestic violence allegations in the remote community of Kowanyama on eastern Cape Town on Wednesday afternoon. Police say they took him to the local watch house and put him in a holding cell where they found him unresponsive a, sh- a short time later. Officers claim they immediately provided the man with first aid before he was rushed to the Kowanyama Health Clinic where he was declared dead. The Police Ethical Standards Command is investigating the man's death. Australians will pause this Friday to remember lives lost in peacekeeping operations and war conflicts on Remembrance Day. This year's Remembrance Day marks the 50th anniversary of the end of national service and 75 years of Australia's involvement in peacekeeping missions. Events are being held around the country to commemorate the 103,000 Australians who died in wars. The federal government's industrial relations bill has passed Parliament's lower house. The legislation has been approved 80 votes to 56. Speaking after the vote, early childhood educator Laura told reporters the legislation finally gives workers some hope. It's going to give us the opportunity to see wages moving. Wages that have remained on hold for the better part of a decade under the previous government. So we now have that hope that we can um, 
no longer have to work two jobs to to keep our lives running. The bill now goes to the Senate with Workplace Relations Minister Tony Burke already in discussions with independent and green senators to secure crucial cross-bench support. Migrant and, and refugee health groups are concerned the Medicare data breach may deter people from seeking medical help. More records stolen from Medibank servers were dumped on the dark web on Thursday, including information on 300 women who have terminated pregnancies. The, dumped, the data dump is in response to a refusal by the health insurer to pay a ransom of $9.7 million, a dollar for each of the company's current and former customers. Mabo Chaidol from the Center for Migrant and Refugee Health says his organization has been fielding calls from clients concerned about whether their information has been stolen. So we have different cultures, we have different perceptions where the medicine itself, and the people are really scared about the information being shared outside them. Southeast Asian countries have failed to come up with any new plan to hold Myanmar accountable for human rights abuses taking place in the country. ASEAN foreign ministers convened a special meeting of the bloc in Jakarta to discuss Myanmar's failures to implement a five-point peace plan agreed with the country's military junta 18 months ago. A Myanmar representative wasn't present at the meeting, and afterwards human rights advocates condemned ASEAN as being a total dead end on Myanmar. Indonesian Foreign Minister Retno Masudi says Indonesia condemns the recent violent acts on of the Myanmar junta and urges engagement with all stakeholders to resolve the Myanmar crisis. The ASEAN foreign ministers expressed concerns and disappointment that no significant progress has been made on the implementation of the five-point consensus. The concern is clear and some countries express their frustration on the lack of progress. Iran is claiming it has developed hypersonic ballistic missiles which are capable of challenging air defense systems. The claim is likely to heighten concerns about Iran's missile capabilities as hypersonic weapons can fly at five times the speed of sound and on a complex trajectory that makes them difficult to intercept. The technology is believed to be being pursued by China and the United States, while Russia claims to have already used them on the battlefield in Ukraine, but analysts say Iran often exaggerates its weapons capabilities. Iran's Revolutionary Guard Aerospace Division Commander General Ami Ali Hajizadeh says the new weapons are capable of hitting missile defense systems. More With the grace of God, we managed to achieve an advanced hypersonic ballistic missile that is capable of passing through the most modern and advanced missile defence systems and even target the systems themselves, which are among the most important pillars of the enemy's defences. Russian President Vladimir Putin will not attend the G20 summit in Indonesia next week. The Russian leader's absence will avoid a possible confrontation with the United States and its allies over his war in Ukraine. United States President Joe Biden, Chinese President Xi Jinping and other world leaders are to attend the two-day summit on the island of Bali. Russia has warned that it's yet to decide on whether to extend a deal to guarantee self-passage of grain ships through the Black Sea. 
The deal struck by Moscow, Ukraine and the United Nations and Turkey in July guaranteed grain ships could leave Black Sea ports for export to the world despite the ongoing conflict in Ukraine. It was agreed to for 120 days and is set to expire in the second half of November. Russian Foreign Ministry spokeswoman Maria Zakharova says provisions of the deal included the easing of sanctions on Russia, but this was not being made. In the context of the second part of the deals regarding Russian grain and Russian fertilisers, which we happily will supply to those countries who need them, the accounts in the appropriate bank are simply blocked and operations cannot be completed. Payments are not possible because accounts are blocked and they are blocked due to Western sanctions. Despite all assurances that there are no problems, the problems do exist. A new report shows a bomb in natural gas is undermining already insufficient efforts to limit global warming to 1.5 degrees. The report from Climate Action Tracker shows planning and build-up of liquefied gas and other natural gas projects would add 2 billion tonnes of carbon dioxide equivalent a year to the air by 2030. The spike in gas projects coming online has in part been caused by Russia's invasion of Ukraine. But Bill Hare, from one of the groups behind the report, Climate Analytics, says that if all the projects eventually, the build-up would produce five times the amount of gas it is supposed to replace from Russia. We've had a look at what are the drivers behind uh, greenhouse gas emissions growth and also what's likely to cause large growth in the future. And we were quite shocked to discover that there's an absolutely massive pipeline of uh, liquefied natural gas pr- projects around the world that would more than double uh, LNG, liquefied natural gas capacity, by 2030, would be far above uh, where we need to be for the uh, uh, one and a half degree pathway. The European Union has divided a new set of rules to limit the pollution caused by combustion cars. The proposal follows a deal by EU lawmakers and member states last month to ban the sale of new gasoline and diesel cars and vans by 2035. The new rules would apply to all cars, vans, trucks and buses sold in the European Union from July 2025 because those vehicles are expected to remain on the road well after the 27-nation bloc switches to all-electric in 2035. European Commissioner for Internal Market Thierry Breton says the proposed rules will lower emissions from tailpipes as well as from brakes and tyres. Our proposal will make a real difference because in 2035, thanks to Euro 7, NOx emissions from light vehicles should be reduced by about 35% compared to what we have today in Euro 6. And as for heavy vehicles, it's more than 50%, so it's really quite a major change for all of us. Back home, the government has proposed changing Australia's telecommunication laws to make it easier for authorities to find missing people. The proposed change involves lowering the threshold telcos must meet in order for police to give access to crucial phone data so that triangulation of someone's possible location can be worked out more quickly. Currently, in order for police to access the data, authorities have to prove a threat to a person's life or the health is or their health is serious and imminent. The proposal follows a letter sent from the New South Wales Deputy Deputy State Coroner to Federal Communications Minister Michelle Rowland after an inquest into a missing person's case. And to sport and in rugby news, the headquarters of the 2023 
Rugby World Cup have been raided in France as part of an investigation into what prosecutors are calling possible management irregularities. The search comes amid allegations of favoritism, influence peddling and corruption by the organizing committee, which came to a head with the firing of the committee's chief executive, Claude Archer, last month. France 2023 has released a statement confirming the searches, saying that the raids were a continuation of the mission of the General Inspectorate of Finances, mandated this summer by the government to verify the management of the organizing committee's entities. The World Cup starts in 10 months in Paris. Now having a look at the weather around the country, Broome, a sunny day, 28 degrees, Perth, partly cloudy, 20, Adelaide, partly cloudy, 24, Melbourne, showers, 20, Hobart, much the same, 22, Albury, Wodonga, showers as well, 21 degrees, Canberra, showers developing, 21, Wollongong, much the same, 23, Sydney, a possible shower, 25, Newcastle, mostly sunny, 27, Brisbane, similar conditions, 27, Townsville, partly cloudy, 21, Cairns, partly cloudy, 31, as well. Darwin, a shower or two and a possible storm, 33 degrees. And the Torres Strait Islands, a sunny day ahead and a top of 32 degrees. And that is NITV Radio News. Want to hear more stories like this? Listen on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts from.